0: You're listening to the Carl Jackson Podcast. Available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcast.
1: Hey, you want to hear inspirational music and talk? Download the CJC radio app right now in the App Store. What are you waiting for? Download it now. This episode is brought to you by LadyArtLove.com. LadyArtLove.com is the online store that carries my clothing line, the Carl Jackson Collection. So I hope you check them out. They are the official sponsor of this episode. LadyArtLove.com. Welcome to the Carl Jackson Podcast. Delighted and excited that you guys are with us today. Oh, that rhymes. Yeah, it does rhyme, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, you caught that. I have my uh, daughter with me. She's six years old.
2: And I'm about to be seven. She's
1: about to be seven. And she's going to help me host this show today. As you can see, she is having fun. Uh, anyway, my guest is Janice McCullough. She is the daughter of Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac, who is a world renowned comedian and she doesn't know who he is but I definitely know who he is and I am a big fan of Bernie Mac. I don't think anybody can say that Bernie Mac is not one of the funniest comedians on the face of the planet, right? Rachel? Yeah. Yeah, you don't know who he is, do you? No, I do. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so who's your favorite comedian? Uh... Who do you who do you think is funny? I didn't hear anyone. You didn't hear anyone. What? What? What are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what a comedian is? No, I don't know. What you're about. Oh, that's right. Because you watch other stuff. We we teach her other stuff. So, so anyway, uh, we recorded this interview in my office, and I think it was a wonderful interview. So let's go to it right now, Janice, Bernie's daughter. Let's go. Welcome to the Carl Jackson podcast. I am delighted and excited to have my guests today. Um, I can't even put into words uh, how excited I am about talking to her because I am a huge fan, obviously of her dad, Mr. Bernie Mac. And, um, I used to actually watch, uh, the Bernie Mac show religiously. Like there's only like maybe four shows that I watch religiously. Um, one is son, <laughs> uh, and and honestly, Sanford and Son and Bernie Mac on the same level for me. <laughs> so, <laughs> you,
0: know, you know what he would love to hear that because he loved Red Fox. Red Fox was one of his icons. So really? That would, I'm, oh yeah, that would he'd be humbled to to hear that.
1: Man, yeah, um, um, Fred Red Fox, Fred Sanford, and Bernie Mac to me were the are the only two. Shows that I can literally watch over and over and over like a cult, <laughs> and it just will, I just will not stop watching them. So, anyway, uh, give a warm welcome to Janice McCullough. Yes, thank you, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> How you
2: doing? I'm good, I'm
1: you look so good. pretty, man.
2: Oh, well, thank you. Okay, I'll take, that. I'll take that all day with me. Okay. <laughs>
1: So I'm so glad that you decided to do this. I helped, uh, you know, I asked you, would you do this? And you said yes. And I was so excited to hear that you would do this. So I wanted to talk to you. I have so many questions, but I'm going to try to narrow them down to like a very few couple of hours. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, no. So my first question is, uh, what is your passion? I want to talk about your passion projects first before I get into stories and other stuff. So, like, what are you doing right now? What is your passion right now?
0: Uh, currently, right now, it's uh, writing. um, And that's something I've always loved to do. Uh, as a matter of fact, when my dad died, I was working for him, and we were working on his new pilot. Uh, I was going to be on Fox. And that was one of the things that I was most excited about because he had, uh, like, I was working for him as his assistant, but then we were working to get me working on the show. And he was like, well, I know you want to be a writer, so I'm going to work to get you on the writer's room. But because I wasn't in the union, I couldn't get into the writer's room yet. So it was like, okay, you'll work post-production and then we'll, you know, get you in the union and we'll do that. And I was so excited about that because I was like, yes, I'm finally getting what I wanted. And then, you know, he ultimately died and everything just kind of fell down. And at the time my daughter wasn't even two yet so when he died it just it everything just kind of went hey wow. why it was like my tower moment because my divorce like I was in the middle of a divorce and oddly enough I had gone like I briefly gone back to my husband right before my dad died and then when my dad died I was like yeah I don't know this was supposed to happen so <laughs> yeah nope <laughs> let's 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 clear this out so it was my dad's death you know the, the divorce and then I have this toddler that I have to raise so it's been as much as I've been I've wanted to write over the years it just has never been the right time because she was so little you know and I don't have the luxury of ha- ha- like where my dad was I don't have a wife like you know he he had my mom. So there was a whole lot that he had to sacrifice to get to where he did, but my mom was there. It's just me. I'm an only child, so Ryan had to take, you know, a back step the grief, my kid and everything. So she just turned 14 last week. So now I'm in this space where I'm like, okay. Now I got my sea legs back. Let me get back into the groove of writing. So I've been putting in submissions, and I'm actually working on a book. Because people, what what occurred to me over the years, I, I wanted to write fiction before my dad died, and what what has happened over the years is that here it is. We're going on 13 years since he passed, and people are still just wanting to soak up everything they can about him. And I tell people, I'm like, well he told you everything there was to know about him. He wrote two books. He did a documentary before he died. We did two documentaries after he died. We did unsung. Like, you know, pretty much everything there is to know about him. But what started happening is people were like, yeah, we know him. But what was it like growing up with him? And it was actually my best friend. She was like, you know, you're in a position no one else is in. She was like, you don't have any siblings. No one else can tell who Bernard Jeffrey, the father, was, but you. You're the only one. And she was like, and in the course of you being his daughter, she was like, because you all were so much alike and had such a unique relationship. You get to tell people not only about what it was like being him, but the lessons you've learned and the things that you've gone through in life. Because she was like, Janice, you've been through a lot, so people would benefit from hearing just your voice and your story. So now the the writing has shifted from me writing fiction to making it autobiographical. So
1: So what was so what was the Fox show going to be about if I can ask?
0: Uh the Fox show it was called it was tentatively called Starting Over and it was going to be um post like a uh, he was a middle-aged man post divorce Basically, you know, the divorce wiped wiped him out. Took his ex wife, took everything. It's And funny. he had his own, <laughs> exactly, you know, and picturing him as it, you know, and he had his own small company, and he was basically having to start over from scratch, building his life back.
1: Oh wow, that's so. A story.
0: Yeah, it 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 was pretty good, and at the time that it like Fox picked it up as a mid season replacement, and so. We had filmed the pilot in April of 08. And then I want to say June or July is when they called and said it would get picked up as a mid-season replacement. And it wouldn't air in September. It was going to air in, like, January, I think. And so the plan was we would go down in September to LA to start filming. And, well, we know what happened. So
1: so, uh, I want to see this pilot. I bet it's funny. (laughs) So was it? In you front- know,
0: and I yet to see the pilot. I've never seen it.
1: Somebody has it. So Fox, somebody gonna somebody's gonna still go right. to Fox Fox now. You
0: know. Disney, right? Gotta find Disney. <laughs> yeah.
1: So uh, was it gonna be in front of a studio audience, or was it gonna be like? Yeah, it's oh, going so it's to gonna be in front
0: be- of a studio audience. Oh, mm-hmm.
1: nice.
0: Yeah, because see, for him, you know, my dad was one. He always wanted to stay ahead of the curve. Right. So. And the Bernie Mac show came. He was the first to do the single camera. He was like, I don't want to do that. But then everyone else started doing it. And he was like, everybody stole my idea. I guess I got to go back to the studio audience then. So yeah, it was going to be in front of a lot. Yeah, of a lot audience.
1: of people don't know this, but the single I, I'm i I'm glad you mentioned that. The single camera uh, sitcom comedy was not being done no. at all before Bernie No. Matt. A lot of people don't know this. They they look at Malcolm in the Middle and all these other shows, mm-hmm. but they copied. just so they, you know,
0: they ex- copied Bernie Mac. Yes, they did. Because yeah, that was one of the things I remember when the show first started, people were like, oh, I don't, like, it, there's no laugh track. There's no, and he was intentional about that. He fought for that. He was like, no, I don't want he was like, that's played out. It's I no. He was like, I wanted to. He really wanted it to be organic, where he was like, You as the audience member, you're intelligent enough to know what's funny. You don't need me to direct you, ha ha, this is the point where you laugh now, people. Ha-ha. So he was really intentional about that. Yeah.
1: So what was it like? I'm sure you was on the set a few times working on the Bernie Mac show because I'm such a huge fan of the Bernie Mac show. <laughs> what was that like? That had to been <laughs> That, I bet I bet you the stuff going on behind closed doors were probably just as funny, if not funnier, than the actual stuff. But I mean, just what what do you remember as a kid?
0: So for me, what I at the time that he got the show, I was just finishing up grad school. So okay. I wasn't working for him yet. But it was it was really quite surreal because at the time that he got the show, that was like the culmination of everything that he had been working for his entire career. So here it is. You know, I, I've i got to have this front row seat to my dad just going from this step to this step to this step. So ultimately now, bam, here's the thing that he's always said he's wanted and he has it. So to see it manifested. He
1: manifested it.
0: Yes, I tell people this all the time like he would always say I know right now you know because I my biggest thing growing up was I was the only friend who didn't live in a house we always lived in apartments and we moved a lot and I would always be embarrassed to have to go to my friends like okay that's not my number anymore this is my number Okay, that's not my address now. This is my address. You know, while everybody else had a home. And he would always say, I know we don't have a house, but we have a home. I know we don't have the thing. You know, I know we don't have a car. We're on the bus and your friends have a car. He was like, I know. He was like, but just hold on. He was like, daddy's going to be rich and famous one day. I promise you. And everybody's going to want to have what you had." He was like, I promise you. And as a kid, I was just like, okay, dad, you know, because he was Superman to me. If you say it, it's going to happen. Okay. He could work at yeah, he
2: didn't care, right?
0: Well, he did. Like my dad had some every job imaginable. Like wow. he used to work. He was the manager at um uh, this restaurant, local restaurant here in Chicago called Docs. And days my mom didn't want to cook. You know she we go pick him up, and she'd like. Go tell your dad what you want, and I'd happily run in. Like, my dad's the manager; I can have whatever I want on here. I want a fish wish sandwich. I want fries. I want a shake. I want, like, and it was just like, yay! Right, right. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So, so it for me, you know, he was just Superman. But to see what he created was just—I'm t- it was surreal. On the one hand, it was, you know, the little girl and me like, yay, look at my daddy, yay. And then on the other hand, it was me coming into adulthood like, would you look at this? This man said this is what he was going to do. Wow. So it was, that was a huge part of it. And then just to see the creative process behind the scenes and to see what he created. The beautiful thing about my dad, and you'll hear this from a lot of people who work with him, my dad was very big on peace and harmony and just bringing everybody together that he, if you work with him, you were family. That's how he looked at it. And so for him, he was very intentional about creating the space where everyone felt welcome. Everybody knew they were part of the team. And you know, one of his favorite things, he's like, I'm not a star, you know, star. He didn't walk around like I'm the star. You peasants don't talk to me. So whenever we would come to the set, it was like visiting family.
2: Mm. because
0: we get there and everybody was just like hey oh like when the show started i think i was just like my wedding was right around the corner so when we did visit everybody was like oh my gosh hey right, right. all right you know then like a year later that's when i got my master so when i visited again everybody is congratulations it was just literally like being around family
1: right Wow. So, so um, tell us a little bit about your childhood. What was that like being with your dad? I guess really, cause it sounds like you're saying um, he really didn't get to that point that he dreamed or manifested until you were grown. Oh yeah. Um... So, what, so what, yeah. So what was that like as a, as a child hearing him say these things and not really ever seeing it? Or seeing glimpses of it, but not understanding it, maybe.
0: It was, you know, it was all I knew. So it was just pretty much normal to me. Like when my parents got married, my mom was five months pregnant, so I was born four months after they got married, and I was still people like I grew. My parents and I we grew up together. Right. They were, they right. were Eight? Wait, they were nineteen. When they got married. Oh wow. Two weeks later, my dad turned twenty. Four months later, I was born. So we wow. grew up together. <laughs>
2: right.
0: And at the time that they got married, my dad he had a job at General Motors. So that was 1977, 1978, you know, in Chicago working factory job. He was doing good. He had insurance money from my grand, my paternal grandmother's death. So they were doing pretty good. So right. my first, first five years Was great because you know, he got a young 20-something guy, got some money in his pocket. You know, that it was great. We kicked it. You know, we went to the beach in the summertime, we went to the movies, we went to the drive-like, we we did that. Um, and then when I was in kindergarten, that's when he got laid off from General Motors. And that's (laughs) like Walter and Dwayne Way said in a different world-that's when the fight broke out.
1: Or, or the, the the song that Martin did, he says he did a remake of the Jeffersons. We moving on up. He said we're moving on down. Yeah,
0: that, that's exactly <laughs> it. That's when it just it all came tumbling down. And at the, so I want to say it was like 1978 or 79 when he went on. He had his first, um, not first, but like first professional comedy gig. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: It was an open mic night. Um, The whole family has told this story. I don't know how many times, so I'm giving you as it was told to me. He followed behind Arsenio Hall. Who, you know, of course, back then in 78, 79, Arsenio wasn't Arsenio who we know today. but still. And they said Arsenio killed it. And my mom says, you know, my dad, she kept looking at my dad like, do you want to practice? Do you have some jokes you want to, tell? you know, do you? And he was like, no, nah, I'm cool. I got this. Cause you know, again, he's like 1920. He's right. just, he's used to being a class clown and he's like, I, I've always said, I'm to be a comedian. I'm about to get on stage and be a comedian. So Arsenio leaves. And my mom said like Arsenio had everybody in, like everybody was crying, like stomach hurt, like bowled over. My dad gets on stage and he's like, yeah, his opening joke was like, uh, they call me Reverend Doodoo because I talk a lot of shit. <laughs> and <laughs> see, today he could tell that joke and people would laugh, like, it's right. oh, Bernie Mac. Because he's
1: Bernie Mac, right?
0: Exactly. That back then.
1: Yeah, that didn't work.
0: No, and he got booed, like, oh, terribly. Oh, and wow. I think that's, when, yeah. And I think that's when it clicked for him. I got to work. Yeah, there's a difference between being funny with my family and friends at home versus going on stage to actually make and having to make people laugh. So, the ear my early years, I just remember him being a student of comedy.
2: Mm. Like he
0: record he played he had everybody's record: Moms, Mabley, uh Jackie Gleason, uh, Richard Pryor, Red Fox, Eddie. Mar- like he just any and everybody (laughs) he studied. Yeah. He studied it. You could see his nap, like he'd have napkins and sheets of paper with jokes and things written on it. He just really studied. And it was around, I want to say it was about eight or nine years old. That's when he's really started. Okay. Let me hit the pavement now and let me start going to comedy clubs and fine tuning my jokes and doing that. So he and another friend of his at the time had gotten into uh, videography. So he would go at, with him and record his sets and he, they'd come back to the house and he play it and he'd study his own sets and like, okay, let me wow. tweak this here, let me tweak that. And then the more he started doing the comedy circuit, the more he started forming relationships with other local comedians. So when I was like in grade school, a lot of them would be, I just remember a lot of them, Adele Givens, George Wilborn, Ali LeRoy, like they were just, hey y'all, <laughs> like and they hey boops. I'm like, hey, okay. And they'd be all, you know, together doing everything. Cause at one point they were even trying to get a comedy union together to make it fair uh, pay among comics in the clubs to avoid all the jealousy and backbiting right. that you see in the club. Right. Yeah. So that's what I saw like my early years. And he just kept kept hitting the pavement, kept doing it. And then this little thing called death Jam yep. <laughs> came along. Oh yeah. Uh, seventh grade was when he did his first I was in the seventh grade when he did the first one, the stir like coffee in the yellow sweater with the glasses. I ain't scared of you. No, that was the, the second, second time. Him, that was his second time. Okay. The first time was that, and Def Jam came right after he won the Miller Lite Comedy Search here in Chicago. Which okay. Was, yeah, okay. he won first place. And I remember when he got the check, the first prize was, was $3,000. So 12, 11, 12-year-old 12 me is like, we are rich. Oh, my God. I've never seen, oh, my God. And they, you know, they gave him the big, you know, the big check, prize check. And I was like, oh, my God. We're right. a rich. Not knowing, no, baby, that's not. That's that's, <laughs> not, that's oh, little grasshopper. That's that's not what this is.
1: This <laughs> might yeah. pay a couple back bills.
0: <laughs> and it did. That really was like the setup to where we were comfortable. Like right. it went beyond now struggle because we struggled. There was there was some years that it was like, "Woo, well, right. how are we gonna make it?" So that made it where it was like. We're not rich, but we're doing okay. We the bills can get paid on time. We can pay off this furniture. We can, you know, we can do these things. And then Dev Jam came along, and Dev Jam it seemed like a great, like it was going to be a great opportunity. And then the first year it was just like, okay, he did that, and then he went came back home, and it was hitting the pavement again. The second year, the following year, when he did, I ain't scared. I ain't scared.
1: That's what blew him up.
0: That is what it. After that happened, that's when people started calling, like, hey, we'd like you to be in, in this movie. And originally, like when he first Damon Wayans was one of the first people that called and put him in Mo Money. And if you've seen Mo Money, if you blink, you've missed him in the movie. Like Yeah, I'm <laughs> seeing him. I've
1: seen him. He had the glasses yeah, on.
0: Yeah, he had the glass. He he was the uh at the club. Hey, hey Johnny, come on in. Seen. That was I'm the five. <laughs> mm-hmm. But we were on, like, if you, I gotta find those pictures of us on, because we were at, on a set, like, his name is in tape on the trailer, but we're posing in front of the trailer, like, yeah, because in our mind, we're like, you made it You all, made it, man. right, right. <laughs> yeah, like, what? oh you know? Right, right.
2: That's hilarious.
0: <laughs> and it just, it seemed like after that, things just started snowballing, so... For me, it was literally like high school. Like my, my sophomore year in high school is when we started the Jeffersons moving on up. Like we got to move downtown.
1: Because um, this, by this time he's touring across the world or at least in the United States.
0: He had put his own tour together, yeah. Because what wind up happened, what really helped him, like I said, Dev Jam really did catapult because Dev Jam became so huge that Dev Jam did the comedy tour. Right. And when Martin stepped down from the tour because he was getting ready to launch his own show, they were like, okay, we need a host. And that's how my dad got pulled in to be the host. Right. So once he toured, after he finished touring with Dev Jam, that's when he was like, you know what? I tour for and with other people and I open and acts and do all that. It's time for me to do my own. And that's when he put together his own tour with the Mac Band and the Macaronis his dance. Remember that? Yeah, I Nicoya remember the video. They
1: even did a special HBO special of it. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah.
0: Midnight Mac, because by by the time Midnight Mac came along, every Tuesday in uh, Chicago at this club called Milt Rainier's, he would do a, um a, like a variety show, like what Midnight Mac looked like. He would have singers, dancers, and it was a little itty-bitty club, but it was packed. Wow. If you did not call ahead to get your tickets, you were not getting you in. You were not And people would still show up and wait outside just on the hopes that they could get in. It was like, was it Tuesday or Monday? Either one, one or the other. But yeah, people would just, it. that was the place to be. And HBO got wind of it. They sent uh, the scout down to look at it, and that's how he got the deal for the show.
1: So he set up his own tour. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. genius. Yeah. So he basically did the venues, got the promoters, did mm-hmm. put the the, the, thing, the whole thing together, did promotions yeah. and all that. Yeah. Man, he so he was He's a businessman.
0: Yeah, I tell people my dad was so far ahead of his time. Right, because it was the kind of thing that everybody else was like. I mean, I hear you, but you sure this the route you want? Right, like, right,
2: right. You right.
0: Sure? Right. sure you want to do all this
2: work? <laughs>
0: right, you sure? Right. And he was like, "No, you know, he was like, I, I got to bet on myself. Um, I've done all this for other people. That's one of the things that I really and truly admire most about my dad.
1: Got a bet on myself. I love that."
0: Well, you know, he was the type of person and I always, like, I have envied this about him since I was a little girl. He was that, like, you know how Cedric the Entertainer's joke is like, I wish, I wish a month would. Right. That right. was my dad. I wish you would tell me I can't do something. Mm. Watch, watch to see, like tell him he couldn't. And he's like, okay, Wow. watch me. And he would make, and he, he did. He put together he- his own tour and it was, I don't think, I'm not even sure once he was able to see the results of what he was able to create, like you said, what he manifested, I'm not even sure if he saw the result, like when he visioned it in his head. Right. I think once, because we would have conversations, especially once, yeah, once I became an adult, we would have conversations about, and he would just go, man, did you ever think? And I would just, we would just look at each other like, do you see this? Like, are we like, do you see this? Do you remember from where, we, like all the way back then when we were talking about making this happen? And so.
1: So yeah. I'm gonna be a little controversial. I wanna oh, yeah. know. Um, So I've I've heard so many rumors about the whole Steve Harvey, Bernie Mac thing. And okay. I'm gonna be honest with you, I've read, I read a GQ article. article the and interview and, my
0: dad did
1: and your dad went in
0: yes he did, yes, he did. so and he meant that. and he meant every word he said yes he did
1: so let me ask you this from your perspective and i you know i'm not trying to have you throw anybody under the bus but no. from your perspective what you think the real issue was i'll tell you what i think it was i think it was just reading the gq article mm-hmm. i think it was bernie mac was like look I hate no nobody. I want everybody to get theirs, but you're not going to step on my toes. That's
0: exactly and, and the
1: minute you step on my toes, then I'm going to have to cut you, basically. <laughs> that,
0: that is exactly what his... Because my dad was always... And he would tell you, this room at the cross for everybody. He was never one to stand in the way of anybody else's anything. Like George Wilborn, will tell you, there was a... I can't think of what contest it was one year and I think it was right after my dad had won the Miller Lite comedy search and he was telling George that he was going to enter and George was like man I was going to enter it and so my dad was like oh well you go ahead I am gonna enter it then you go ahead and George was like no we can both get and he was like no because I just won that you go ahead and have your moment and like that's just how he was but when it came out that Steve was working to sabotage pissed up. That's when it was like, Oh, okay. You did it now. Okay. All right. (laughs) And the thing that I always say, you know, like I said, not to throw anybody under the bus, right. It's years later. And there's only one person here who can actually speak on hit for himself. My dad's not here, but I can tell you for me watching it, I think the thing that really had people going is this belief that they were just such great friends. Exactly.
1: Yeah. The deceit, the lies, the deception that Steve was doing to make it look like he was so. And I was going to ask you about that. When you look at him now, talk about Bernie and then the whole funeral thing and I I'm just curious how you felt as his daughter knowing your father. How did you how did that make you feel? Um Because and I say that because I say that because I feel that I'm speaking for me, not for you. I I feel Bernie didn't like fake.
0: No, not at all. Honestly, it's one of those things that made me like you. I could hear him in in my ear because he was like, "I don't want a funeral." He was very adamant. Like, I I don't want a funeral, Mm-mm. and he would tell you like he was he was uh, he would say, "Yeah, ain't nobody gonna big red me." reference five heartbeats. He was like, you ain't about to big red me. He was like, y'all ain't gonna be looking over me, knowing y'all couldn't stand me in life. And then come to my funeral crying. Oh, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a he was like, nah, uh-uh uh uh-uh. so <laughs> 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 you can hear him saying it he, yeah he was like I I can nah. hear it, man. he was like no nah, nah. right <laughs> so, <laughs> to see it you know and i I always try to say, look, you know, years have passed and I can't speak to anybody's heart and how they, you know, can't speak it. But what I know is when my dad was alive, no, they were not friends. I always look at it like they were coworkers, And were they cool? Was there bad blood? Like from, I can't speak to Steve, but I can tell you from my dad's face, it wasn't that it was bad blood. It's not like if you were like, Steve Harvey, he was like, man, when I see him, no, it was just like, you know, he's I worked with him, you know, he's cool, but if you come for mine, like you said, I now, now I got, now I got to cut you. <laughs> There's the rule. So what, like, what exactly was you know,
1: Steve? What was Steve doing? Was he just talking bad about him, or was he? Because he, Bernie mentioned it in the GQ, so it's like I'm not saying anything that's not you can find.
0: Right, it. <laughs> you're not saying anything that hasn't been discussed. Right um it's been denied vehemently denied but at the time it was from very reliable sources said that what had happened was not just talk but actually calls made like hey no don't hire him you should hire me Mm -hmm.
1: oh wow
0: so that's where that, again, referencing Dwayne Wade and Watson, that's when the fight broke. <laughs> like, <laughs>
1: that's one of your favorite sayings, I can tell.
0: <laughs> that is one of my all time favorites. That's <laughs> when the fight broke. <laughs> yes. Because I was
1: thinking, because when I first read the GQ magazine article, that's how obsessed I was with Bernie Mac. I, anything Bernie Mac, I was there, right? When it first came out, I remember reading it and I remember. Going, how is Steve going to respond to this? Because at that time, you got to understand, Bernie Mac was the biggest thing on the planet, right? So it's not like Bernie gonna just start lying. I mean, mm-hmm. he's making money, he's doing his thing, he's got all these movies he's signing up to do, he's got the show, he's popping like hard, harder than the whole. And stuff. he right harder than any. And of And he the was one never one. Right.
0: And he was never one to start. So, like, he, it's not like if you saw him on an interview, he was the guy that was like, hey, oh, let me talk about this person and tell you that, like, that wasn't him. Yeah.
1: He didn't have to do that because he was so big. So, for me, when I first read it, my thought was, okay, this is real. Trouble. This is trouble, trouble. <laughs> trouble. <laughs> because, and I remember... Uh, everybody was wanting to hear what Steve was going to say when the article came out. And I remember i remember vaguely a little bit of the radio interview. And um, it just felt, I'll be honest, and I hope that this doesn't come back to bite me in the butt later. But it just felt like he was sad that he got caught more than he was sad that um, you know what I mean? Because it was like, I'm being sad and I can't believe he would feel that way, blah, 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 blah. But it was more like, oh man, I got caught. You know, that was the feeling I felt when I heard it on the radio. Now keep in mind, I'm just guessing. <laughs> I'm just guesstimation, okay? This is not, <laughs> you're laughing at me. But I mean, that's what, I'm telling you what I felt. So when I heard him talk about it, I was like, this is somebody that's guilty because the first thing I would do if I wasn't guilty, I wouldn't try to get sympathy. I'd be like, look, let me call my brother. And if we got to do this in public or private, whatever, we going to hash this out because that's not what happened. Mm-hmm. And then I would go into what happened. Hey, this is what happened. I didn't say that. That's my boy. I would never say that. Blah, blah. But he didn't do that. He played the, how could you, I can't believe. Oh, And when a, when a brother started doing that, I'm going to say another word, but when, <laughs> when a Negro started doing that, that usually means that they're
2: guilty. <laughs> well. Am I wrong? Well, am, I,
1: am I wrong or am I right? I... <laughs> well. So then, so, then let me, so then let me ask you this then. As a, as his daughter, seeing seeing that, I'm sure it didn't really hurt him because he he knows the game. But yeah. what did you pick? What did what was his response? Just in private, that you can share. What was his feeling about it? Just in in the that's family. What he
0: said in that GQ interview. <laughs> <laughs> so nothing different, huh? Exactly, exactly, exactly what he said in that GQ
1: interview. Yeah. Wow, that's funny. Okay, so that's how he felt. Yeah. So is that why he didn't do the Kings of Comedy 2?
0: No, so what happened with when Kings when they were talking about doing the Kings of Comedy 2? And I, this is why I tell you like my dad was ahead of his time. It wasn't about any bad feelings. It wasn't about oh I'm so big now I can't. In my dad's mind, he was like why would we do that? Why he was, he likened it to when Michael Jordan retired and then came back. He was like, you leave at the top of your game. Right. You always leave people wanting more. Right. Don't. He was like, you don't leave and then come back. He was like, and then what happens when it's not at the level of expectation that everyone wants? Because he was like, here's the thing about audiences. He was like, when you give some, an audience something new, it's the greatest thing ever because it's new and he said it doesn't matter how many times you come back with it after you've already given it to them now you're never going to garner the same reaction as you did the first time because they've seen it He was like so why would we we were here why would we leave here to come back and he was like let's do something different (laughs) but let's not try to recreate that that was his whole thing but it, it, it wasn't about there was no bad blood there was no because he was the type of person once he said whatever he and he was like this personally as well if you pissed him off he was gonna say what he had to say he was gonna do whatever he had to do and he'd tell you after after he went off on you and cussed you out all right that's all i got to say about it and i'm done and he moved and
1: on. right, he, right. Uh-huh. he didn't hold grudges and stuff Mm-mm. So uh, I wanted to ask you, so uh, were you on set uh, when your dad did some of the Oceans films, which are some of my favorite films? My favorite one is Oceans 13. Oceans 11 is my second favorite, but Oceans 13 is the one. You don't yep. you agree? Isn't
0: that the good one? Yeah, those, those, that's the order I like them in 13, 11,
1: well, 12.
0: 11, and then 12, yeah. Yep. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> I don't know it. What yep.
1: It is about 13, but 13, they just got it. They figured it out. Like, they just, it just worked.
0: Twelve to me was they were trying too hard. Yeah, like it was like we're trying too hard to show you that I, we're smart, and it was the the script got too convoluted with all the yeah. different places and the Julia, you know, Tess being Julia Roberts that they, that trying to be meta. It, it was 13, too. Thirteen, yeah, thirteen. They brought it back to what made it so great.
1: Yes, sure. yeah. yes. And I think the reason why thirteen to me is better than eleven is because honestly. It was just a good old fashioned popcorn movie. Yeah. Like you have mm-hmm. everybody just it was it was a, 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 a cat and mouse, uh, yep. cops and robbers,
2: mm-hmm. basic
1: bad guy uh, yep. story, and yep. you put Al Pacino in it. And I
0: mean,
1: between Al Pacino and your father, just to me a classic.
0: And you know what that was a highlight of his career that he got to he was so excited when he realized Al Pacino was going to be in the movie and the day he had his scene with Al Pacino he called home so excited like man I got to work with the man like he was <laughs> so that was that was he was like a little kid again like it was so great to hear and that.
1: he got to work even on the Bernie Mac show he worked with Don Rickles uh, Billy Crystal. Like, you don't mm-hmm. understand. You, but, you can almost understand the hate that other black comedians have for Bernie because he was literally brought into royalty overnight.
0: It, well, it wasn't overnight. It just felt like it was. No, I'm, saying,
1: is, I'm saying to the average eye.
0: Uh, yeah. You're thinking it, of it
1: as Bernie just came out of nowhere, did the show, yeah. and now he's all of a sudden on top. Of course they didn't see the... the yeah. and yeah. tears, you know. Yeah. Were you on set on the Ocean's Movie film? No.
0: Um so 11 and 12 I 11 especially I think I was just finishing up grad school. 12 they were out of the country a lot, you know, doing uh 12 and so I did not get to work uh go to the set. 13 I was supposed to work with him on that one cuz I was working for him at that time, but I was like 7 months pregnant, so my doctor was like yeah no you you will be here you're not (laughs) going anywhere so no uh the closest that we did get to it um for 11 a lot of the cast members came here to Chicago so we were able to have dinner with them at Gibson's and that was that was when it hit me like just how far his career had become because I was sitting at dinner it was most of the cast Julia Roberts and Matt Damon weren't there but it was pretty much everybody else George Clooney is on this side of me Brad Pitt is on this side and I, like we're just talking and it was like I had that out of body moment where I, I had to look around like wait a minute wow. I'm talking to George Clooney and Brad Pitt and you know and George is like yeah are you guys coming to Italy with us you know after we're done because if you come you know you guys can stay at my villa and and I'm just like, Wait. what? <laughs> George, George Clooney said, I can stay in hit Like, it was just, yeah, it was very, that was when that was that surreal moment. Like, man, you really have made it. Wow. <laughs> so, so, for yeah. a long
1: time, I'm assuming you were kind of still not, you still didn't figure out that your dad was famous.
0: No, it took me years. It was really, I want to say it probably was the Oceans movies that made me say like grasp that he was famous because up until that point if you were to ask me like you know oh, is your dad famous because i was still in grad school in new orleans so people would walk up to me and i think i was engaged to my ex-husband at the time so people would walk up to me and go you know i heard your dad is famous and i'd go oh okay you know and they would ask well you know what i know who he is and i my response was always well, have you ever heard of, you know, Bernie Mac? And I remember, I think it, it might've been the Ocean's movies we went to see. Um, cause anytime one of his movies came out, I always went opening night cause I always like to just go and watch people and see their reactions. And I remember my ex-husband, he leaned in and he said, so, you know, you can stop asking people if they've heard of your dad. They have he's famous. They know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, Oh, okay. Cause you know, for me, even today he's still just dad. When I right. talk about him, I'm like dad, the most you may get out of me. I may call him by his full name. I may say Bernard Jeffrey, but I'm still not like Bernie Mac. and he was famous. So it was, it was, Getting that my brain to the synapses to connect on that was just like my dad's famous huh like
1: yeah. Did so with him passing. Did it feel a little like it just happened before he, it like just too soon? That does it. I mean, obviously it feels that way, but I'm talking about from a career perspective. Does it feel like man he accomplished so much, but he had so much more to do. Do you feel that way? That's how I feel. That's why. I, that's why I um, ask.
0: For me, what I would have liked to have seen is I would have liked to have seen him have a really breakout dramatic role, like yeah, you know, kind of like how Robin Williams, you know, like everybody knew him as. A comedian as the comedic actor. And you know, it's the thing that happens in Hollywood. You get called in for these roles and they typecast you. You're known for this particular thing. And I'm not sure people really understood the range that he had. You got to see it a little bit, even in some of his comedic roles. Like to me, guess who is one of my favorite movies of his?
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, it's one of my favorites because. He wasn't, the comedy came from the interactions between him and everyone else. It wasn't him being, like, his Bernie Mac persona. It was him being a father, like, no, nah, I don't like this dude right. <laughs> that my daughter, like, that you could believe it. And you got to see some, you got to see the the tender moments. You got to see him with his wife. Like, you got to see different range um even in pride he got to play a dramatic role yeah. but mm-hmm. that's one of the movies people don't really you know it was an indie, indie film so it didn't really get you know the marketing and stuff behind it but, but he was I, good at it and that's the thing like people i don't really think people understand he could act you know right. you're so used to seeing him as the funny man like when you think of his roles people you know love to bring up dollar bill and uh um, right. head of state you know the roles where he's funny, but he had range. And I, for me, that's the one thing that I hey, I I just, I wish he had gotten to have like, like that Robin Williams, goodwill hunting role where yeah. people realize, man, okay, this dude, yeah, he can really act.
1: And I feel like, you know, had he still been around, that would have happened. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah, he, I mean, I, he, he was at a point I feel when he passed, he was at a point where he could kind of choose what he wanted to do.
0: And that's where he was. He, he was at a point when he died, he was at the point where he was now starting to look at other avenues besides just doing comedy. He did want to do a comedy special. He didn't want to do that, but he wanted to produce. He wanted, and he wanted to do more, you know, entrepreneurial things like, he wanted to start his own real estate company and buy like there were so many other things that he wanted to do. And for me, one of the things that I had to make peace with is okay, he did everything he was supposed to do. Like I get, you know, he because right. I for the longest, that's how I looked at it like, man, we we didn't get to do this, we didn't get to do that. But I'm like, no he did everything that he was supposed to do because he always said he was never going to live to see an old age. He honestly, yeah, he honestly didn't think he was going to live to see 50. Really? Yeah. He thought he was going to die long before that. So on his 50th birthday, I remember my mom and I both, you know, we're like, ha, you made it old man. All right. And I remember he just kind of somberly looked at me and was like, yeah, I did. And Knowing my dad the way that I know him, I kind of feel like he may have known yeah.
1: that was his last...
0: Like, he may have been like, yeah, I made it to 50, but I'm not making it to 51.
1: Right.
0: And so, yeah.
1: Why do, you, why do you think he felt he was going to die early?
0: Um, I don't know if it was something he just intrinsically knew right. or if it was tied to the fact that my grandmother... I think my grandmother was only 46 when she passed away oh, wow! and my uncle, his brother was only 26 when he passed away. And so I think he just felt like, nah, that's not something that is going to happen for me.
1: Oh, so, wow. Yeah. So your book that you're going to write, um, yeah. your, tell us a little bit about what the book will be about. Cause I'm assuming there are so many stories that we've never heard just from a daughter's perspective of, oh,
0: absolutely.
1: of Bernie Mac. So tell us a little bit about your thoughts on that.
0: So my thoughts really are to focus on, like you said, um, what it was like growing up with him, not Bernie Mac, the comedian, but Bernie Mac the father. Cause those are two different things. Like, yes. cause one of the things people love to say to me is thank you for sharing your father with me. And I'm like, but I didn't, I didn't share my dad. That right. was his job. Right. <laughs> who he was to right. you all. You
1: didn't know him. Right. <laughs>
0: no. I'm like, right. who he was to y'all. and who That was, he was a character.
1: Me. He played yeah. a character. Right.
0: Yeah. And he played it well and he did his job well, but for, with me, that's it. And, you know, as an only child, especially because that was one of the things he used to love to tell me, uh, if I did anything, he didn't like, he'd be like, you can't be out there acting the fool. You my only one. I ain't got no backup kids. So you the only one. Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Oh, that was one of his favorites. Oh so, Lord. That's funny.
0: Yeah. So for me, it's, I right now, what I'd like to do is write from a space of lessons that I've learned from him as my father, uh, lessons that I've learned just from watching him and becoming a man and the lessons that he's helped me to learn in my own life, because for him, his avenue was comedy. He always said there was healing in comedy because comedy, he, he always said comedy came from pain. And for me, it's much like the same thing. I I am nowhere near as funny as he was. That's not my gift. I'm not even trying to. But I do believe that there is a healing that takes place when we talk and share our stories. Because,
2: Absolutely.
0: yeah, you know, especially we as Black people, you talk to any one of us on any given day, and we start telling you about our life, people are like, man, I had no idea. Whew. Oh, wow, you had all that going on. So, for me, it's about talking about a lot of those things and getting those things out. Because I think, especially for my dad, and I think people who would read it would realize one, it's bigger than just being attracted to him because he was a celebrity. When you strip the celebrity and the fame and all that away, he was just like the rest of us, just right. trying to find his way. And like I told you earlier, he was. I marvel when I look at my dad and everything that he accomplished because it's like I said my parents got married at 19 years old <laughs> that in and of itself I think back to when I was 24 I think when I got married and we see I'm not married today so <laughs> we see this <laughs> so, <laughs> for two nineteen. 19 I don't know year- why
1: because you, you're a beautiful person
0: well, I thank you. I pre- it, we just weren't meant for each other. That
1: gotcha.
0: we came together. We did what we were supposed to do. Created a beautiful child. Yeah, and Yeah, but you know, for my parents, I, I look at my dad especially. Got married at nineteen, became a father at twenty, and create this life all without having that in in itself because his dad was absent from his life, and just. Him, one of the things that I realized about my dad growing up is that he was really, really intentional about changing that pattern within his own life. Um. Yeah, and I'm, going, would,
1: I'm doing that. Now. I'm, I'm going through that right now with my daughter.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's you yeah. know, and, and when you think about it, it's. To never even have, to, I have no idea what that looks like. I just know, I see what it was and I know I don't want that. Exactly. That. So I marvel at him, like, you know, growing up, I used to tell him sometimes, I used to cry and be like, I think you hate me. He was like, no, I don't. Like, he's like, you don't, un-, and he would tell me, you don't understand what I'm saying, what I'm doing right now. He was like, but trust me, the day is going to come. Where you're gonna look back and you're gonna go, okay, now I get it. And he's right. Now being on this side of life and a parent myself, I'm like, oh.
1: I'm going through that right now with my seven-year-old.
0: Dad, you hate me. Oh, that and see, and I was like, people always think Vanessa was based on me, and I I had to tell people, no, I was Jordan.
1: He was Jordan. Okay. Oh wow.
0: (laughs) I was Jordan. Oh wow. I didn't do magic, but I read. Like, you. But I no coordination. I couldn't do sports. I I couldn't dance till I was like nine, I think. Right. Yeah, like, like nine or ten. Um, I loved heavy metal. Like I loved pop and heavy metal. So, like, he was just like, "What?" He was a
1: black white girl.
0: <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes I and that. I read I, I loved reading like to the point where after a while when I would get in trouble he would just come in with a box and take all my books
1: oh wow and, and I'd be like
0: no don't take my book like anything that was
1: punishment
0: <laughs> that was my punishment he would take my books because wow. that was that was my <laughs>
1: yeah that's all you would want to do
0: yeah that's I, I used to jump because he, he used to get mad and he'd be like put the book down and go outside and I'd be like but well, it's hot out there like I'm like I'm perfectly fine right here with my, my with my books
1: so what do you yeah. like so much about reading because you're a writer okay got it right
0: that was my love take I used to bet please take me to the library so I can get some books and that was wow. yeah my cousins can tell you like while all the kids would be outside. I I might play for like 30, 40 minutes. Right. And then I was like, all right, I'm good. And I'd head in the house and everybody would be combing the the block looking for me afterwards. And I'd You're be in house, a corner somewhere like, what's wrong with y'all? Like, and they're like, you've been here the whole time? I'm like, yeah. Like, yeah.
1: So yeah my daughter is an only child too. So I kind of mm-hmm. get it because she's going through that stage of She doesn't want to go anywhere. She wants to always be home. Mm -hmm. Uh, She doesn't want to go outside. And she's into, uh, unfortunately, she's into roadblocks and her ladybug. She has a conversation with her ladybug like it's a real person. Yeah. That's interesting to me. Yeah. I guess that's a single, that's an only child thing, I guess.
0: We have wonderful imaginations. We know how to, yeah, we know how to entertain ourselves.
1: That's crazy. So um, as we wrap this up, I want to talk a little bit about your mom. It seemed like your dad and your mom had a really good relationship. Your, your dad used to say amazing things about her in mm-hmm. interviews and stuff. Um, what, was, what was probably, and I'll say this question, this question I'm asking for both of you. What, pro- what is the, probably the number one thing you miss most about your father? Speaking for your mom and then speaking for yourself.
0: Mama, um, well, we've talked about this a lot. So I, I, I feel fairly confident that I can answer for her. Um, we both, for her, we both have said, it's, it's the laughter. You know, one thing about us, no matter what, we were laughing. Like, right. he was the type, he could get on your last nerve. And I mean, he could. Please, ooh, please understand me when I tell you, he could. Um, <laughs> but in the midst of that, we could still take the time out to laugh. And she and I, you know, we still do it. That's just, it's what we know. But it—it it is the thing that's like, man, I miss that. Wow. Um, for me, it is, interestingly enough, it's all the things that I could not see about him um interesting yeah all the things that i was just like oh oh those are all the things that i miss the most um i thought he was loud sometimes unnecessarily so (laughs) my daughter gets she takes after him though because she's loud and i have to go i promise you my hearing is fine. I can hear it. <laughs> okay. like, And she'll be like, oh, sorry, mom. And I'm like, no, you got it honestly. You got it from me. It's okay. You got it honestly. Um. I, and I miss, my dad was that one person in my life who, even if we didn't agree, I knew he was going to hold me accountable. Mm. And he he was that, I'm not afraid to hurt your feelings type of person. And I miss that. I miss that a lot, like, because I'm, I'm the type of person in my circle. I'm the mama bear of my circle. I'm the nurturer. I'm the one that's got everybody covered. So when it's time to like, you know, pull my coattail, I'm, I'm pretty objective and I can do it myself. But there are times when I'm like, okay, you know, tell me, you know, and all my people are like, Oh no. Right. You're, you right. know, and I, and he'd be like, yeah, yeah, you effing up, and yeah, and right. I, it got on my nerves, but I, I actually miss that, I do, there are still times, um, it's been a few years, but I miss being able to call him up just for random stuff, like, um, I was scrolling through the TV a couple of years back, and, um, count Yo Yo Yorga your, what this, old vampire movie it's like the cheesiest vampire but we used to watch it and crack up laughing and i picked up the phone and was getting ready to start dialing like and i had to catch myself mid-dial like oh
1: wow yeah
0: i can't call you and tell you that because you're not here okay yeah so it's those are the things that i miss most
1: do you believe he he, he's do you believe that in the whole I guess esoteric, he's in here in spirit and you've
0: Oh absolutely felt
1: you can feel him and stuff listen, like that.
0: Listen, let me tell you something. <laughs> if I, I already believed beforehand, but once he passed, I was like, Yeah, I'm even more convinced. So when he died, I took his iPad, which you know it was two thousand eight. Um no, not his iPad, his iPod. Okay. You know, the 2008 iPods were still yeah. popular. It was, they were and popular it was, then, right. Right, then, right, then you know. <laughs> right. Try to get that today. No, no. Um, <laughs> Exactly. And I took both of them. He had a classic and a touch. And the classic, I I put in my car. I connected it in my car. So what would happen, and it would only happen when it was a song I really liked and I would turn up. The volume would just randomly go down. Just without the, it it wasn't like it was a glitch, like that it would happen every day or every time I was in the car. It was, uh, and usually it happened when I would go, Oh, this is my jam. Hey, this is my jam. And turn the volume up, the volume would just go down. And I was like, What in the world? And every time that I would say that or, look like what happened, something would jump into my view with his initials, either a license plate or wow. a truck or something, always with his initials. like, And I'm like, oh, that's how, okay.
1: So that's how they communicate. Mm-hmm. Right. right.
0: Yep. So it, I'll never, one of my lowest days after he passed, um, he may have been gone like three or four years and I just, it was just one of those days that it's I was fresh. just like, I,
2: yeah.
0: I miss my dad. I, this is like, man, forget all of this. And it was snowing here in Chicago. so And I was out of salt for my driveway. So I went to um, the hardware store to get some salt. And I came into the parking lot and I went to make a left turn to go to park. And just as I was trying to make the left turn, uh, this car cut me off coming from the opposite way. And I was getting ready to be like, man, forget you. License plate was BJM-5. Bernard Jeffrey McCullough. He was born on October 5th. Oh,
1: wow.
0: So then I was like, okay. Then he took the spot that I wanted. And I was like, oh, forget you. So I went down the, another lane and I almost missed the spot. It was a better spot than the one I chose. And the car next to the spot that I saw, B Mac 5.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> this is like, That's crazy.
0: So, yeah, like I said, if I didn't believe before, I was like, okay, yep, I, okay, yep, I get it. Yep, you're here. Mm-hmm. And I've had dreams, like, and not the, okay this was me. Like there are things he said and done in the dreams that I'm like, you weren't even alive when that happened. So how mm-hmm. would you know to tell me? Okay. All right. Yep. Mm-hmm. So,
1: wow. Yeah. Did he, did he film this show in Chicago?
0: Um, or TV was it in show? LA? Yeah. The TV no, show. that was in LA.
1: So well, I heard the story that he used to fly in and out of Chicago
0: All the time. Is that true? So he would go. Very true. Listen, that man was a diehard. I love Chicago. I'm never leaving. Don't even think about asking me to leave. So it took a while and it was really the show that got it. Cause he would just stay in hotels and it was like, okay, you're going to stay in a hotel for like half the year. So that's when he started leasing the house in California. But when I tell you, very last day, I don't care how late they said that's a wrap, everybody, he was on the next plane out.
1: He would not off. stay in LA.
0: He would not stay.
1: Unless he was it, working.
0: It was enough to him leasing the house in LA was enough. That was like, okay, I, that's as close as I'm getting.
1: <laughs> so he didn't really like LA.
0: No, he, so he just, was a,
1: he just like Chicago better.
0: He was. He didn't really like. He could tolerate LA because right. he had to work there, right. but he would tell you Chicago is. He was like, no one, and it wasn't just like okay, Chicago. He was like, nowhere, anywhere has anything on Chicago. We went to Paris one summer, and he was like, this is booty, This is booty. <laughs> this ain't Chicago. You know what <laughs> Look at they. We cleaner than them. Look at their streets. Our streets are cleaner there, and I was like, "Dude, we're in France." He was like, "I don't care. This ain't Chicago. Chicago better." Like every time we went to eat, this food is booty. They ain't got nothing on our food, and I'm like, "But it's ambiance. Maybe you don't want to take any of this." <laughs> like, yeah, we're
1: going out, family time, <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: basically. <laughs> we could be family at home. <laughs> oh man. So yeah. so did y'all, did he film that uh the season one those uh the episode in Chicago? did he film that in Yeah, Chicago? so yeah, so they budgeted that and, and went to Chicago mm-hmm. Wow, yeah, because it feel like when he did those episodes he was really happy
0: he was that was a huge that was like. That was his his baby. He was like, man, because, you know, we talk about Chicago. We're going to come to Chicago. We're going to do this, and this is how we it's going to look. And we're going to have this. So, yeah, he was very – the TV show, I think that was one of his – like, when it comes to his career, I really think that was one of the things he was most proud of.
1: It was a great show.
0: Yeah, it, it was. It was a
1: phenomenal yeah. show. I, I watch it religiously. Um, uh, so let me ask you this, uh, your politics, you see what's going on with, um, with- I want to know your thoughts on it. What's your thoughts on what's going on? We don't know who the president by the, we're recording this, but we don't know who the president is. It's like November the 5th, thirty, two seventy-five in the morning. <laughs> so we still don't know who he is. Um, uh, we try to figure out what's going on with the presidency. So by the time some of you guys hear this, um, you know, months, weeks, years to come, I'm sure we we know what has happened. So we're in a moment mm-hmm. right now. We're in a complete moment right now. So what, what are your thoughts in this very moment?
0: My thoughts are, is playing out exactly how I figured it. So Back in 2016, when we were going through this, uh, I remember like everybody kept going, Trump's not winning, Trump's not winning, Trump's not winning. And I told everybody, Yes, he is. He's winning. I did and too. Everyone, yeah. I just want to go and on every- record.
1: I did too for months. I said it. I,
0: I, I kept people going. People thought I, said, I
1: was crazy. That
0: same year. They said, everybody- Hillary
1: is in there. There's nothing you can do about it. What are you smoking? You're a crackhead. Okay.
0: That's for months
1: they told me that
0: same thing and i kept saying i said first of all historically this country does not we never elect another democrat after one democratic president has served two consecutive terms for the
1: for the, the dummies in the back <laughs>
0: historically like really i i kept saying that i said furthermore We just came off the heels of our very first Black president. Look how many years it took us to get a Black president. This country is in no way, shape, or form ready to go from a Black man to a woman. woman. It's not going to happen. Never. It's not. We're just, I was like, as progressive as people would like to think America is, it's not. And we're seeing that. And so when he was elected in 2016, I said, what I can see happening with Trump is, I can see him getting elected in 2016, and then I can see him losing in come 2020. I see that. And I, and I said then, I said, I don't know who he'll run against. I said, but whoever he loses to, it's not gonna be a blowout, like, it's not gonna be, oh God, we can't wait to get him out of office. Go. It's just going to be. It's. I, and I said I was like, we're going to be kind of down the middle. I said, and what's going to do it is you're going to have all the first time voters, all the 18 year olds who are like, oh, no. I was like, because if you're counting on like my age and older, forget about it. Forget about. It. They're they're done. You you, you forget about them. <laughs> right. You, yeah. They're, they're right. done. They're setting their ways. They're right. gonna Do what they're going to do. They're going
1: to do what so, they're going to do. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: So, and as this has been leading up and coming to it, I said then, like, when everything started, I said, if, if he loses, it's going to be basically a fool because he does not want to lose. I was like, I, I don't particularly believe that he's interested in being president, but I don't, <laughs> I believe the idea of losing is worse to him. And I said, if he loses, he's going to drag this out in court. He's going to start suing. It's going to be recount after recount after recount. He's going to make it as difficult as possible to get him out of office. And
1: so, Why do you think he's so difficult? Um, And I don't want to take sides. I'm not trying to take sides. I'm just trying to figure out, w- w- even Republicans say this, they think he's just mm-hmm sometimes people feel like he's a man child. W- what do you think it is in his mind that makes him just not want to go, all right, whatever they say, I'm out, peace.
0: Privilege. Mm. If I've gone my whole life having privilege, hell you mean I don't get to do what I want to do? That's all I do. <laughs> you know, it's it's like Jack Nicholson's character in A Few Good Men.
1: <laughs> mm. Like, <laughs> You can't handle the truth. Handle the
0: truth. Like, <laughs> did you order? You right? can't yes. handle it's, the truth. It's, mm-hmm. It's, right.
1: I, in other words, I am who I am. hmm And I don't I, give a flip what we're doing here in this courtroom. This is fun for me. Right. Ding,
0: ding, ding. This right. is what I do. This. Right. Do you not? You know. <laughs> do you know right. who I am? Uh, this is oh, the game. Oh,
1: like, this is I'm here because this is just the game.
0: Exactly.
1: Right, but I'm mm-hmm. I'm not gonna change who I am. Hell no. What are you smoking? Are you seriously thinking? Oh, you oh oh you thought you really was an attorney and you really was gonna cross examine me? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. That's. That's pretty much what we're witnessing. So I was just having fun, but you were serious. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, right. pretty much. Yeah, I
1: see that a few. I can see that a few good men is happening mm-hmm. here. But I'm just curious as to, so what do you think is going to be the outcome? I'll just ask you that. What do you think the outcome is going to be?
0: I do think Biden will win.
1: Right, I do too.
0: But it's gonna I, a
1: fight. It's going to be a fight.
0: It's going to be. <laughs> I see him doing what he does a lot in his businesses. Oh, I don't really want to deal with this, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to get my lawyers and I'm going to sick them on you and I'm going to tie this all up in court for ages so that you either get tired and give up or so much time is passed that there's nothing you can yeah, but do. But
1: how is that going to work with a pres- with the presidency though? How is that going to work? So- like, at some point, you think Nancy Pelosi is going to just say, look.
0: So, so, for me, my biggest frustration has been with the Democrats.
1: Absolutely. I agree.
0: That's,
1: I totally agree. A thousand percent.
0: They have been my frustration because he is who he's going. Like, you can't keep going, oh, my gosh, he's a man, baby. Oh, this is illegal. This is that. Well, then. Do
1: something. Right, prepare, plan, plot, right, mm-hmm. right.
0: So this, you know, this whole we're, we're trying to be so diplomatic and kumbaya. We want, you know, Michelle Obama when they go low, we go high. Mm-mm. Right. Y'all don't have to. That doesn't work here. We're going to have to meet people where they are, and we're going to have to actually hold him to task because for me, and I keep saying this to people, I, the president is not the most powerful man in this country. <laughs> if you i'm like do does everyone need to go back to eighth grade I and take so. government again to learn because i paid attention I probably was second
1: too. grade <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with uh, the basics again yeah and
0: i'm like there the, this is not a free-for-all this is not a dictatorship this is not well i'm president and this is what i want to do so i get to do it but you all have to stop being afraid of him and tiptoeing and doing so
1: I think what it is, I I kind of figured it out. I think what it is, he has dirt on everybody. I say, and he's threatening, right? and he's threatening them, and basically saying, "Look, do it my way or else." Right. You know what I mean? Speaking, that's what I think. You it see, is.
0: the kind of person I am. I'm just
1: telling myself, right, right?
0: Hey, listen. <laughs> Five years ago, right? What happened right. was uh, right. but, like. <laughs> But now. then the
1: problem is, is what happens if it if it's jail time behind it? You see what I'm saying? And I think that's that's the thing that's people going, look, I got families, I got grandkids, mm-hmm. I got this, I got that. I'm at, I'm already old. Oh, so what am I gonna do, telling on myself? Mm-hmm. Let me just play along and let's mm-hmm. just get through this. Yeah. Let me ask you this: Do you think Trump is racist?
0: Absolutely.
1: And why do you feel that he's racist? I don't think he's racist. That's my personal opinion but why do you think he's okay.
0: racist he's an old white man yeah he's racist
1: <laughs> okay that's <a> good <laughs> enough answer
0: okay next <laughs> question
1: because um, <laughs> you know what old white men are racist, racist. Yeah. Are racist. i'm not gonna lie yeah. I've, I've been a, i've been around a lot of them and mm-hmm. it's like the it, stuff that comes out of their mouth it's like that, he said that really that, mm-hmm. but it's the that, time they come from so when he says he's not racist. What do you, what do you think? Because he said it many times that he's not, and he's even said he's against bigotry and 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 white supremacies. I've heard him say this myself that he's against <laughs> white supremacy. So, what do you think that is an act?
0: It's, I have yet to actually meet a racist who is actually say I'm old. a racist. Yeah, right? I, I've yet to meet one that is proud. Like you, yeah, you going right. I'm racist they usually have some type of no no i'm no you know like he said i'm the least racist person in this room like it's you know it's it's like you said part of it is when you come up in an era of that time when that's just what things were that's how they were um even if it's not intentional, even if he doesn't believe that he is, he's not above using it for his own gain. So... <laughs>
1: Back to privilege, the word privilege. Well, yeah. then if we're going to say that about Trump, then we have to say Joe Biden could be too because he's a white man.
0: Oh, absolutely. I, I will say this. I My hope with Joe Biden is that in the years working with Obama that there has been some
1: come to jesus moments
0: yeah some i'm not one of those people i don't have full expectation of white people to not be racist or to not at least because of their privilege to be unable i don't think they have the capacity to be what a lot of black people want them to be
1: i can see that yeah
0: so, I don't have the expectation for Joe Biden to be the you know he the next best thing to be in black. I don't have that um but I would hope that there has been some over the years, like you said, some moments that has made him look like, huh, okay, now that i'm on I used to think this now I know better now I can do better um and I just for me it's not so much because he's a politician i would like to think he's competent
1: Mm. (laughs) i got you so in other words if you can do the basic skills of reading writing and arithmetic that's that's a good start right
0: (laughs) yeah and it's like i said and i i would hope to i would like to think he has an interest in being president Trump does not have a real... He has an interest in holding the title of president. Right. He doesn't have an interest in actually being the president. And those are two different things for me. That's
1: deep that you said that. That's deep that you said that because when you look at his rallies, I have noticed how he gets off on how many people showed up, Mm -hmm. the ratings. I think he Mm -hmm. likes the concept of cutting. He knows that as the president, they have to cut off the news whenever he gives a speech. And I think he gets off on that. I think he even got upset when Obama did it to him during The Apprentice. Yes. Have you noticed that? Yes. That moment, Mm -hmm. each time Obama says anything or has a speech, all of a sudden Trump is having a last second uh, Mm -hmm. conference call or a tweet goes out and it it, it interrupts Obama's speech. Have you
0: noticed that? Yes, I have.
1: And I, I I remember when The Apprentice happened, when the, when Obama did that and talked about Osama bin Laden, I was thinking, I don't know if he should have did that because that's not a good move. <laughs> we didn't know that Trump was going to run for office, but I kept thinking you can only poke the bear so many times so many to- <laughs> before the bear goes, you know?
0: That's really what, like, I, I agree with you. I think that is the thing that made him go, okay, I'm sure, okay.
1: Yeah, okay. I, was, I got you. The uh, the Correspondents' Dinner when they basically murdered, <laughs> murdered President Trump. I mean, the jokes were just. I mean, uh, you Obama was Chris Rock. It was the jokes <laughs> that was hidden.
0: It was and brutal. The crowd
1: it- was like riot laughing, and Trump's got to sit there and take it. Yeah, he left there that night with a with a with an axe. Yes. We
0: yes, we actually
1: we, so we should be mad at Obama then. <laughs> Blame Obama. They everybody else did. So. Blame Obama. <laughs> you did this to us. So listen, top five. I want to do my top five segment before oh, okay. we before we leave. All right. Okay. So I go down a list of it can be random. Doesn't have to be anything it's other than what first thing to come to your head. All right. Okay. You like hip-hop? I do. Your top five MCs.
0: Oh. MCs,
1: not rappers, MCs.
0: Oh. Cool. <laughs>
1: oh. <laughs> I know. That's five dogs. Okay. Five, okay. Dog. five wait, dogs. Five dogs. Wait, 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 wait. Before you go there, somebody asked me what my type five was, and I and I had, qu- I, had I I personally put Q-tip and Fife as number one because of that salt and pepper thing that they do.
0: See, I always usually I say you and, I and are people like, are like, "No, you get." It. And I'm like, "But yes, like five, well,
1: five yes, is five is the joint, though." So no, I give you that. So number one, five. All right.
0: Well, you just said my Q tip. I was gonna say Q tip. <laughs> um, okay. Hmm. Busta Rhymes has a sauce. Like
1: Busta ain't no
0: Busta, joke.
1: Bust Busta is like Busta ain't no. Have you heard this
0: new record? I have not yet. I, it's I
1: can't. insane. It, it, okay, so
0: I'm happy. It's just like tonight. like okay. if
1: you don't if you hear this record and you and you can't officially say Buster Rhymes is now Mount Rushmore for MCs, then you just hate him. Okay, like he this new record now. I'm not even a. I'm not even. um... I'm not a Buster Rhymes fan. I like his live shows. Okay. But this record, he made it known. Okay. I'm out i I'm out rushmore.
0: See, yeah, I've always yeah, I've always said it's always been Buster for me. Yeah. Um,
1: okay, Buster number four.
0: Honestly, and people laugh at me for this, but Queen Latifah.
1: We forget about I, the Queen. You're right. I, you and I, T-Y.
0: All hail the queen. T-Y, like, T-Y is unity. All hail the queen. Got Yeah, queen. She. I've always been the queen. Now, five. see, those are my solid four. Five always shifts for me, like, depending on my mood. Like, hmm. Huh. Who, gets, who gets up there with them with five? Dang, this is harder than I thought.
1: Uh-huh. Oh, it's going to get a little harder in a second.
0: Is it? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> See, and I, I'm indecisive anyway, and I'm like, oh, oh my gosh. Oh, Ooh, five.
1: Um, MCs, not rappers, MCs. I
0: know. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here now. I'm like, I'm trying to think. Uh, I just named you my favorites. Um. I am drawing a complete and total okay. blank now.
1: We'll we'll let you we'll, we'll we'll do top four for this one time.
0: Okay. Top five rappers.
2: Dog it. Uh,
1: <laughs> you can always say pass if you want to pass.
0: I'm gonna come back to that one. Like I'm like
1: oh <laughs> Got you thinking, huh <laughs> Yeah,
0: like I'm like I didn't study. Oh, my gosh. Uh, tough.
2: Oh.
0: <laughs> good. Cra- uh-huh.
1: She's thinking, y'all. She's thinking.
0: I am thinking really hard, too. I'm like going all the I'm way. Just glad, my I'm
1: music. just glad you're not saying the typical answer. Biggie, Tupac. I'm just glad you're not going there yet. So that's good. So that means you're really thinking
0: so listen okay i love biggie i love me some biggie but biggie only had two albums
1: so it's hard to judge you're right and i tell people that all the time i tell people that all the time you can't judge it if his body of work doesn't match up to a real right i agree no i agree but even though he's in my top five you're right he didn't do the body of work I i love biggie i do Mm. All right, we'll skip it. How about top five R&B singers? Ooh.
0: Okay. Jill Scott. Okay. The, it's like yeah, it all have to be time.
1: A, yeah, it, it can be in any order, but your top five.
0: Like from past to present? Okay,
1: so we'll do two versions. Top five, uh, Post 9/11, <laughs> and then top five after 9/11, or okay. however that goes. Okay.
0: Okay. Pre and post. Okay. Yeah, so there you go. this is post. Okay. Post 9/11. Hi- okay. Jasmine Sullivan.
1: Oh, forgot about her.
0: Yeah. Um. See, I like a lot of people. No one's ever heard of. Uh, That's fine. She doesn't get the due that she deserves. But I gotta go with Kiki Wyatt. Okay.
1: I've heard you know what? I've heard a lot of people pick Kiki. I got Yeah. Okay.
0: Kiki Wyatt can sing a face off. Um
1: you
0: bet. what would the list be without naming Whitney?
1: Of course.
0: I gotta put Nippy on the list. Nippy, um, a, Nippy. Yeah, gotta put Nippy. And then five, this is just based on vocals. Yep. Brandy.
1: Brandy is in my top five. Yeah.
0: Matter of fact, I don't know if she's ever
1: done an album that I didn't like, where I could listen yeah. from beginning to end. From the time she was 15 to now, like, she's yeah. just been killing it. Yeah. Okay. Now, after, uh, that was post, right? So let's yeah. free. So,
0: pre Chaka Khan.
1: Ah. Chaka Khan. Uh,
0: Gladys. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanna say Minnie Ripperton. Okay. Just because her range was just go ahead. <clears throat> Oh my gosh.
1: Mariah Carey wishes she could do it, Movie <laughs> Ripperton.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Honestly, people sleep on her. I think Shantae Moore can do that better than Mariah. I actually,
1: nobody... actually, you are a real sing uh music uh you have an ear because <laughs> most people don't know that. Yeah, But even because they don't cause Shantae didn't get the fan the fanfare mm-hmm. Mariah got. But mm-hmm. Shantae can kill Mariah. With yeah. The, now I don't know about Shantae today, but that Shantae, but no, she can still go. Oh, she can't. Okay. She can still that Shantae go. of that era next to yeah. Mariah. is no question Shantae kills her. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna have to say yeah. Um so okay.
1: So you got two more.
0: Patty. Patty I just Auntie Patty just got a soft spot in my heart. My body loves you, baby. Yes. <laughs> and granted, she don't sound the same today, but if you check her catalog, check her receipts. Dionne Warwick. You know, is it you? Check her <laughs> Folks is sleep on you? her. They
1: do, you know what? Dionne Warwick had some hits. People forget about that. She had some
0: hits. That's I always tell I'm like, you best go through her catalog. Go through her catalog.
1: Yeah. Mm Ashley, now that you mention her, I'm getting chills because I'm thinking she's really our Barbara Streisand. Yes. Thank you.
0: I say that all the time. Yes. She's
1: really our Barbara Streisand. Yes, she is. You need to give her props while she's still alive. Yes. She She does.
0: Dion does not get, don't get the props. props that she does. No. no. Mm-mm. We no. hype up Gladys. We hype up Patty. You do. But folks, Dion just, it's kind of like, oh yeah, okay. No. no, she.
1: And Dion had hits. Hits. Like, yes. And when I mean by hits, I mean like not just even top ten, I just meant her vocal ability, yes. the music, the orchestration yes. arrangement, yep. the vocal arrangements.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I would even say I like her over the uh, Diana Ross. I, right. personally.
0: So listen, I know Di. I will never try to take anything away from Diana Ross, right? Ever, right? Because she earned. For me, I've never had that affinity towards her like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But the like,
1: rhetoric, I would- I could see that. Yeah. I I have that for her. Yeah. 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 The, uh, I, I'm- Glad you remember. I'm going to have to pull up some of her stuff today, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and see if I can get a an interview with her. Wow, she's That'd still here. Yeah. Some stories. Okay. Uh, top. You are you into sports?
0: Not as much as I used to be, but yeah. Uh,
1: in uh, basketball or football?
0: Oh gosh, I haven't watched either in years.
1: Okay, so I'll skip that. Top five favorite foods.
0: Top five favorite foods. Number one, chocolate. <laughs> I'm a chocolate so.
1: Well, that would be, uh, you know, the thing for a chocolate girl. So, you know, there you go.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what keeps
1: you chocolate.
0: All yeah, oh, right now, yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, chocolate number one.
0: Chocolate. Um, uh sea bass. Oh.
1: Like, okay. Yeah,
0: that's that's my favorite. Um. I love how how how
1: how is your sea bass cooked by the way?
0: So, I usually will pan fry it. Okay. And then put it in the oven for yeah. like a minute to okay. and yeah. Gotcha. And just muah, perfect. Um, that's my second one. Uh, sweet potatoes. Okay. Absolutely.
1: Potassium. I don't
0: care. I'm. I'm like Bubba from Forrest Gump. You can bake it, broil it, sauté it. Chick potatoes. potatoes.
1: (laughs) You are hilarious. You're funny. (laughs) See, right now, we're going to have a lot of fun, man. I come to Chicago, I'm calling you. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Because you're going to be some fun. Yeah,
0: that's... That's fun. Uh, Baked chicken. Baked chicken. Yeah. I actually prefer baked chicken over fried chicken. I know okay. my black card could be re- revoked for that, but that's just okay. me. Okay. Um, I don't agree, then, but okay. <laughs> I know I, I I say that and people are like, "What?" And that was, and I think it's more affection than anything mm. because one of the meals my mom used to cook a lot when I was growing up it was baked chicken, crowded peas, sweet potatoes, okay. and macaroni and cheese, and okay. that was like. That's for me. It, it didn't even have to be Sunday dinner. That was like, this is what we're having for dinner. And it was like, Yes. So I think that's where it came from for me. Um and then fifth fifth would be I don't know. Cause those top, those are my
1: So top four? Okay. Yeah. You don't do breakfast food, stuff like that?
0: I do you know what pancakes
1: pancakes that's your there we go okay <laughs> top five uh favorite uh colors
0: purple pink blue green orange oh i
1: hit the I hit a spot there guys I hit a spot okay <laughs> top five cities in the world
0: top five cities in the world okay uh Of course, I've got to represent Chicago.
1: Chateau.
0: Chi Town, Paris, France. Okay. My father thought it was booty. I did not.
1: (laughs) Booty. I can hear your dad saying (laughs)
0: it. Yeah. I loved it. Uh, Maui. Oh,
1: nice. Okay.
0: I love Maui. Um, I actually, New York, I'd like, I wouldn't want to live there. like New York now. (laughs) Yeah yeah yeah, yeah, like, yeah, and I about about, like, like
1: post uh, pandemic, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: post, yeah <laughs> um. yeah <laughs> And then fifth would be hmm, in the world. It's a toss up between Charleston. And San Diego,
1: where I live, San Diego. Okay, yeah, you like San Diego, huh?
0: I love San Diego, I
1: love it too, trust me.
0: Yeah, you know, about six years ago, my best friend and I we took the kids to uh San Diego Legoland. for a vacation. Uh, yeah, we did Legoland, for, uh, like the zoo, the and because yeah. the zoo is amazing, like it's <laughs> crazy. Oh my gosh, it's zoo, we were like what? What?
1: Yeah, I live like 20 minutes from it, actually. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, we, that was like, oh, my gosh. And on the way back, my best friend was like, I'm in love. And I already knew what the she
1: meant that. Yeah, San Diego is the best city to me in, in the United States, to me. Yeah. I, I, I'm i from Dallas, Texas. Love Dallas. Hometown. Hey, guys. Uh, but San Diego was <laughs> like, San San Diego was like, uh,
0: San Diego's nice,
1: yeah. Two more top fives. Okay. All right. Your top five. So I'm only gonna do two more. So I'm gonna end with the third was gonna be the ending. All okay. right. So two more top fives. Which one I wanna go? with? Hmm.
2: Because
1: hmm, I have hmm. so many of them. Okay. Top, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna hit a curveball on this one. Uh oh. Okay. Top five. I guess your dog do not like the top five. I, <laughs> he just went see, he went straight hood. The
0: whole time.
1: He was straight hood on me.
0: He sure did. Like, he. Really? What was that?
1: Did he hear something?
0: I guess so. Here, Come here. Come here. Come here. Come on.
1: Who did that painting, by the way, behind? You? That's a beautiful painting. Who did that?
0: That is the artist Kevin Williams, who goes by the name Whack. WAK. W A K. Yeah, he he was a good friend of my dad. So, he actually um when I was pregnant with my daughter, I kept saying I wanted a mural in her room. I wanted a family tree and I wanted it to be um my parents and me and my ex-husband and his parents but our, as babies. Okay. And then and I kept saying I, I like I was going to just try to ask some people like, you anybody know anybody?" And my dad was like, "You know I can call whack. And he flew Wack out from Atlanta wow. and Wack did me. It's gorgeous. It's still, and, and this is what I love about Wack. Like once I told him about it, like he came, he was like, okay, I'll paint, you know, he was like, give me the pictures of you all as babies. And then he was like, I'll come back when the baby is six months old to put her in the middle of the tree. But then when he talked to us, he was like, okay, he was like, I'm not going to do like a regular tree. He was like, I'm going to do like a, like the African tree um uh, with the branches and each of you all will be on branches. And then he took like what are your interests? So my music and writing. So he has the symbols for music and writing on my side of the branch. And then her dad is more linear. So he's math and science. So he has the symbols oh, for that. And then I wrote a poem that he put on the the base of the tree. And um he was like, you know, it occurred to me when you move You don't want that just on the wall, so he was like, "I'll put it on canvas for you and attach it to your wall for you." So that's what he did. So whenever we move, I can just take it down, and
1: that's crazy.
0: You'll have it for. Do you sing and play? Hmm.
1: Do you sing and play as well?
0: I dab a little. Sing. You look like you can sing and play. I can't. You know, I keep saying my. And again, it's because I've been raising my kid. But my goal—I wanted to take piano lessons, but you know, we were broke and couldn't afford it. <laughs> but now, I want to do gu- guitar. I want to learn how to play the guitar. Okay. okay. So that's my yeah.
1: Is that you in the in the picture right there, behind the photo? Oh, of the that's your mom up there. Uh huh.
0: Yeah, that's me and my daughter when well, she was. That's about, you. Yeah, she was about four years old. So that was like ten years ago.
1: Oh wow, it's a pretty, it's yeah. a pretty portrait.
0: Thank you. Okay. Yeah. So top,
1: uh, two more top fives. What, well, three more? Okay. Uh, top five. I was trying to decide which one I wanted to do. I think I'm going to go with this. Top five favorite places to go.
0: Top five favorite places to go. Okay. This will mean nothing to you because you are not from here. But there is a small bot- uh, botanical center here named Lake. It's called Lake Catherine. And it has a little small man-made lake and this beautiful like walking path. That here is like my all-time favorite place to go. Like I'll just okay. go walking. They have like a little waterfall, and I'll sit by the waterfall and meditate. Like I, that's like my all-time favorite place to go. Um, second favorite place to go, the sleep count.
1: Hey, <laughs> it's a place. <laughs> I
0: would love to go to. So sleep. your
1: bedroom, sleep in your bedroom.
0: Yeah, I, Listen, says I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I am like the cat in the hat. Okay, I will sleep in the bed. I will like the. I will sleep anywhere. Like I love sleep. Like <laughs> okay, so bed, sleep or anywhere, sleep. anywhere sleep. Okay. Yeah. sleep is yes. Um, Hawaii,
1: Hawaii. Okay, I, I love, love Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah, I love I, Hawaii too.
0: I love it.
1: Um, Expensive, but I love it.
0: <laughs> that I tell people that all the time I'm like it's an expensive place yeah, to go, but I love nice it now. there um anywhere where my friends are,
1: mhm, like okay number four,
0: yeah, it doesn't matter- like anywhere that we are, and um pretty much I'm trying to think anywhere where my kid is,
1: oh, that's nice, okay. Yeah. Final fi- top five before I ask the the grand finale five. All right. Top five. I'm gonna go weird on you. Have you ever been to Vegas?
0: Yes, I have.
1: Your top five hotels that you stayed in in Vegas, or that oh. you li- or, or that you liked, or just that you like.
0: Okay, top five. Okay. NGM. Okay. The Venetian. Venetian. Uh. Paris. Yes. Um, I'm gonna take it all the way back to when I was nine years old and that was our first time ever going to Vegas and we stayed uh Tropicana
1: of the Sands.
0: Tropicana.
1: I knew it. (laughs) I knew he was gonna say Tropicana. I knew he was gonna say
0: it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Cause gonna, we were broke so right. and me at nine that was like oh my god you have to
1: me. understand the Tropicana was the the joint back in the day yeah. before probably yeah. before our time but it was the joint at one time
0: yeah um, it was historical yeah and then uh, oh gosh I'm trying to think where's, I think the MGM was the last place I stayed
1: when I went there. So, I guess it's your top four? Yeah. Your top four? All right. Top five comedians.
0: <laughs> you know
1: that was coming.
0: You know I knew it. I, I knew that was coming. I knew it. <laughs> so, of course.
1: Of course. The man himself. Of course.
0: That's my all time favorite. There of will course. Never be anyone other than him. Absolutely.
1: Um, Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Got it. He's one. Richard Pryor. Okay. Uh Red Fox Mom's Maybley because she was hilarious in her day. Like and she was she she, she
1: had some great jokes.
0: She did like a
1: lot of people don't know this, but NS the character from San Francisco really <laughs> off
0: mm-hmm. of
1: Mom's Maybelly. Yeah.
0: Mm. Yep. And five. Hmm because mm-hmm. this is another one that changes sometimes depending on where i am um
1: eddie eddie yeah mm-hmm. yeah eddie yeah let's give eddie a little hand yes he's done he's earned it eddie has earned it
0: yeah eddie, eddie. has done for comedy what Few and far like, yeah, I'm not sure there would have been a death jam,
1: it wouldn't be no
0: without Eddie.
1: No, and let's yeah. why are we giving him props? Let's just say I think Eddie, without Eddie, there would be no Martin, no I, Chris Rock, no Will Smith, no Dave Chappelle. Because what happened, what Eddie did was Eddie set the bar so high, yeah, that unless you could rock the house. You, if as a black comedian, you were gonna get laughed at. Yeah. So it made the Chris Rocks come out of the world. It made the yeah. Dave Pills. It made the all those guys come mm-hmm. out of the world, and and be yeah. their best because Tracy Margins mm-hmm. and all those guys because Eddie set the tone, man. Mm-hmm.
0: Eddie You set know the what? Tone. I'm gonna have to do a five, like a a, a tie, because it it. Like I said always. I'm gonna have to add Jamie Fox on there too. Really? People sleep on on how funny Jamie.
1: Jamie, Even I uh, sleep sleep on Jamie.
0: (laughs) Jamie is
1: I think it's because he's from my hometown. That's why I I hate on him.
0: (laughs) Jamie, yeah, he You know what makes
1: you know what what makes Jamie good that I will give him props on? Is he's a triple threat. Yeah. He can take your lady and make a laugh with he can sing mm -hmm. to her. And he yeah. could tell a joke. Yep. So if, if the joke didn't work, he'll just sing a song and still so get the girls. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I remember I took uh from one of my girlfriends um for her birthday. He came to New Orleans, and she didn't really want to do anything for her birthday. And I was like, "We're doing something." Right. So I took her to see Jamie Foxx, and she at first she was like, "I mean, this right. is Jamie Fox, like right, uh, by." I don't even think we made it halfway through. She was like, oh, my God, I'm about to pee my pants. Like, I'm, about, I, I, My stomach hurts. I can't even keep laughing at this man. And she was like, I had no idea he was that funny. Like, yeah.
1: And we forget the Wayans are brutally mean. Like, they're brutal. So to make your dog is not playing today.
0: Come here, come, 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 because you, like, you've been chill all day. What's going on here?
1: The Wayans are, they brutal. So, if you, if to do, to get to In Living Color, you have to understand, you had to be on Jim Carrey's level. Yes. Or Damon Wayans' level, or Keenan's level, writing mm-hmm. level. I don't think Keenan is a great comedian, but I think his writing is crazy. He's
0: a brilliant he's writer.
1: Great mm-hmm. as a writer. Yeah. So to get on in Living Color wasn't no easy feat. No. And no. Jamie pulled that off. And then yeah. every week had to be up there with David Allen Greer, Tommy Davidson. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's I, got I, I was screwed. just getting ready to say, because
0: people sleep on how funny Tommy Davidson is. To
1: me, Tommy is. Probably uh, one of the most underrated comedians yes. of all time because Tommy yeah. Davidson not only is he funny, he is like on another level.
0: Yes, funny. Mm-hmm. Like yes, yeah, I think yep.
1: he's so underrated, and we go to Chris Rock's and the and the Chris Tucker's and all those people first, mm-hmm. but Tommy but, can kill those guys. I'm yes. sorry, Tommy. Tommy Nothing to play with.
0: It was. Tommy can kill
1: can. Dave Chappelle honestly. I'm gonna be honest with you.
0: Tommy you don't
1: you don't play with Tommy. That's real stuff.
0: I <laughs> I love Dave Chappelle. I do. He would I would never put him as high as most people put him. Right. Comedy wise, right. but that I love him. I think he's funny cuz I don't want people coming back like no, oh like no, oh, exactly. no, he's sick. Like, no right. I think he's funny, but yeah. I'm going to have to agree with you on that. Yeah, it's, not, it's not a
1: diss to Dave Chappelle, guys. It's no. A, it's not a lift up and a praise to Tommy Davidson. Yes, it
0: is. That's what yep. we're saying. And I would even say mm-hmm. Dave
1: Chappelle would say that Tommy Davidson is is, is underrated. I, yes. I don't see why he wouldn't say that.
0: Yeah.
1: Tommy is like the king to me.
0: Yes, he is. He's, yep. he's
1: on another level. So you're right. Jamie Foxx, he was in that level of, of stuff. We forget about mm-hmm. that. Oliver Stone. You can't do an Oliver Stone movie any given Sunday and not be on your... I mean, Oliver is a beast when it comes to directing. Yes, he is. And Jamie Foxx carried that movie. He did. yeah. carried that movie. So, Ray... Okay, you're right. I'm convinced. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) You know what it is? It's the name Jamie.
0: You know, I feel like...
1: like, If if it was Eric Foxx, he should have kept his first name and then he kept the Fox. Wait,
0: you know why he said he did. Yeah, I know, but that's, yeah. a,
1: lame, that's a lame reason. Because, yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's he's so famous and rich, he could do like Dwayne The Rock Johnson did. He was The Rock, and then he and dropped he it and now Dwayne. you know him as Dwayne Johnson. I yeah. think he should just go straight Eric Bishop now. Bishop. Because he he that he's that famous now.
0: Yeah, he could. Eric James Fox Bishop. Yeah, he could.
1: I think the Jamie Foxx just throws a lot of us men off. But when you think about the body of work, he's untouched. He's a, oh, he's untouched. absolutely. Yeah. Jamie's on some other stuff. Yeah. Final top five before I let you go. Your okay. dad's top five things to do. What was his favorite top
0: five things to do? Oh, gosh. Well, you also get his nails. <laughs> <laughs> really? his nails done. But <laughs> so that was a real thing from the show. Oh, gosh, yes. That
1: was real. He liked being Listen,
0: the Listen, my dad, even when we were broke, my dad would have, my mom would paint his neck. Like, he...
1: Okay. Grooming... Was a thing for
0: him. And To the point where, this is how deep my dad was. My best friend, we've known each other since we were six. To this day, she is like, you know... Pops made it real hard for me to date because I keep looking for dudes to be as groomed as he was. And I was like, well, you can forget it. You ain't never fu-. like Wow. And that's how he we just say, Hey, can we go down to the store real quick? Yeah, hold on, sit down for a minute. Let me tell you something. Look under their fingernails. The fingernails be dirt like and that's how he was wow.
2: looking at the hands.
0: Look, look look at between their fingers, look at the webs between their fingers. it's gonna be ashes, gonna be ashy and dirt like <laughs> He wow. used to random. He would randomly come and walk up to me and scratch scratch my arm or my leg. <laughs> There's any type of dust that come, <laughs> the little if scratch thing? left a mark. He'd be like, "That's dirt. Go wash ass." Like, oh, wow. <laughs>
2: like,
0: yeah. He. So yes, that is that was a real thing. So, top five things for him. That's easy. Get his nails done. Get facials. Get massages. Go to the gun range, and eat. What was oh he 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 liked guns? Oh he was a proud card carrying member of the NRA. My
1: dad is yeah. too. Wow.
0: Oh yeah. Like that was one of our biggest fights. Like I finally relinquished not to like in June, June of oh eight. I was like, All right, I'll get i I'll get the card. And he was like, Okay, now we're about to start going lessons. And I was like, I ain't going that far with you. Like I got the card. That's enough like, for that's, me right now. <laughs> that's I'm good. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. So
1: he would go to the gun range. What was his favorite set of, set of guns?
0: Now I'm not gonna even try to pretend like oh, I can tell because It was one of the he turned into Charlie Brown for me when he would oh, start right. talking. To, and he sh- like he would come home and show me and my mom the guns and how to work them because he was like, if anything happens, you need to know. But I can't pretend like I I know what they were. Like I'm not even gonna even try to lie.
1: So his top five foods then, since you said it was his favorite thing to do was eat.
0: Top five foods. Okay, so uh, his favorite meal of all times it was ham hocks, kidney beans, and uh, you could alternate it black eyed peas and rice or red kidney beans and rice. Uh, and he dirty liked, South. Like, yeah, and he liked like the green south. onion. Like he liked the green onion with it with cornbread. Uh huh. Oh um, wow. Fried chicken. He loved, there's this restaurant here, this Mexican, and it's not even like, it's not even known as like legit real Mexican food. Like, if you say, hey, take me to get Mexican food, it's not the restaurant that's gonna come to mind. But it's a place called Pepe's here in Chicago. That was like, if you wanted to know where he, Bernie Mac was, if he wasn't getting his nails done in Dalton, he was at Pepe's.
2: <laughs> like, wow. that was,
0: that was his jam. Um, what was his other food? He had a thing for, he liked perch.
1: Fried but perch.
0: Fried perch and yeah, that's spaghetti. That's the South thing. Fried perch and spaghetti with some garlic bread. That was his other meal.
1: Fried perch and spaghetti don't go together though, does it?
0: That's, that is how, yep.
1: Really? And then his, his fifth, the final one?
0: Final one was, um, yeah,
1: he,
0: he liked fried perch. Uh, those were his main meals. He would, he had a pension. He wasn't too big into sweets until he became diabetic. That's when he was really into sweets. But before then he would like, he liked yellow cake. Like the okay. yellow cake with chocolate
1: icing, and yeah. he would pour a little milk over it, and that's how he would
0: eat it. Mm, that sounds good, yeah. actually. Yeah. That's <laughs> we'll how he would some eat. of
1: that right now. <laughs> yep. Well, Janice, it has been a pleasure.
0: This has been fun. An yep. amazing
1: two hours. I don't even believe it it's, been long. Long. it's been that long. Get out of here. And I was planning wow. on doing 45 minutes, and I'm just like, just talking. I'm just like. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> it's like so you because you have so much wealth of information and knowledge and just stories it's like you you know what you should consider doing when we get through this pandemic you should consider doing a small when you finish your book do a small book tour and do a Q&A on Bernie Mac that would make money for you mm-hmm. that would make money
2: yeah
1: tour with the book and just do just sit there and talk for a couple of hours man mm-hmm and then you got to come back here and and when your book is finished and absolutely and and promote it and talk about it too but yeah you should consider cuz you have such an amazing like it's a lot it's a lot like your father you have an amazing presence with people i can tell
0: now that i take that as a high compliment you about to have me crying. okay
1: thank you <laughs> you do that, yeah
0: thank
1: you you do you connect very well and i know this is going to be one of our uh top um um Shows uh, when this comes on CJ on the network.
0: I'm humble. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for
1: doing the show. I really appreciate it. I'm humbled to even talk to you. I feel, I feel like Bernie Mac and the Angels <laughs> in Heaven create made this moment happen. So thank you, Bernie. Thank you, Angel. Oh, my
0: pleasure.
1: Thank you, Mom. Thank you, Janine. <laughs> and uh, and uh, come back anytime.
0: I would love that. Yeah.
1: Thank you guys for listening to the Carl Jackson podcast and for watching us on the CJC Television Network. Until next time, you be blessed. Thank you for watching this particular episode. It was a wonderful experience to talk with uh, Janice. She's a wonderful person. I love her to death and my daughter. Do you have a joke? Yes. What's your joke? Why am I doing a spider check? Why are you doing a spider check? Because I'm scared of spiders.
0: (laughs) daddy's laughing at that That
1: anybody else laughing at that that's pretty good I never heard that joke that's a new one so you've been writing I see interesting on the next Carl Jackson podcast until the next Carl Jackson podcast you guys have a great one pretty good joke okay bye hey go to ladyartlove.com and buy some merch. For Christmas, holidays coming up, hey, you gotta go buy some stuff. I got some really good gear, some really good clothing, and there's some other things too, like some Yoda pants, Yoda bedspread. They got all type of stuff that you just will not see anywhere else, designed by handcraft designers who actually work themselves on this product. All you have to do is go to LadyArtLove.com and check them out. I think you're going to like the stuff that you see. And it's going to be great for Christmas. And there's some discounts going on right now if you log on to LadyArtLove.com. Don't miss out. The Carl Jackson Collection as well as many other things are there right now at LadyArtLove.com. Please, go. You know what? Why am I saying please? You're the one going to be missing out. Follow the Carl Jackson podcast on Spotify and Apple iTunes so that you can know when there are new episodes to listen to.